Welcome to this week's U.S. Economics Podcast with Mark Rogers. Mark is the senior U.S. economist for Econoday. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here again. And we are privileged to be joined by Mark Pender. Mark is the senior economic commentator for Econoday. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much. Mark, well, uh, last week's retail sales report was on the weak side. Our was it a monthly issue related to weather, or is it a sign that those payroll taxes and uncertainty over uh, government uh, uh, budget is having an effect? Well, those are the big questions. And for this past week, retail sales clearly disappointed. They came in below expectations. Total sales dipped 0.4%, and expectations for were for no change. Looking further down the road, the question is, was some of the weakness in the core temporary or more related to the cut in discretionary income from higher payroll taxes? So for March, it looks like there's slippage in the consumer sector, but we're going to have to wait at least another month to return to normality at least in terms of weather, and see what the underlying trend really is. How important is the consumer for the recovery? Traditionally, or over the long run, the consumer sector is about two-thirds of the economy. So it, it's clearly key. I, I think the issue is not of whether the consumer is going to pull down on the economy. It's just how much it's going to, going to add to the economy. Uh, consumers are actually finally gaining jobs, though at a sluggish pace, and they're not going to retrench. So it's really a key question of how strong the consumer sector is. And this past week, we had some negative numbers on consumer sentiment. And a big issue is it's becoming apparent that consumers don't know what to think about the economy. One month, the consumer sentiment is up. Another month, consumer sentiment is down sharply. But, but overall, it looks like the consumer sector is still growing. The question is, how much? And how much of that is related now to housing? Home price appreciation was ex or is still expected to be a major positive for uh, this year. Yet this morning we get a negative signal from the housing sector with the uh, housing market index. That's from the home builders. And they're having trouble building houses. They're, bl they're blaming uh, restrictive lending conditions, uh, supply constraints, and uh, supply is, is limiting uh, recovery in the, in the housing sector right now. Uh, is that going to limit price appreciation, you think, Mark? And is that going to, in turn, slow down, uh, the be a, a factor pulling down the consumer sector? Oh, actually, that is a very good question. This is one of those two-handed economist questions. And basically, uh, housing, it, it can only go up, can't go back down, can only go up. And higher prices are a positive for bringing more supply on the market. The credit issue clearly remains. However, if, if supply is short, prices are going to go up, home builders are going to do what they can to add supply, and 
it spreads to existing home sales where more supply comes in there. It's price related. Is restrictive credit uh, an issue for, for, the econ- uh, for the economic outlook? All the sources that I'm aware of indicate that tight credit is still clearly a problem for boosting the housing sector and in terms of bringing more um, newcomers into the markets. Plus, there's still the issue of a lot of homes being underwater. And if they're underwater, it's really hard to put them on the market. Let's uh, back up or uh, move forward to money supply. It doesn't normally make the news, but uh, the government, the the Federal Reserve, reported a big spike in M2 uh, for the week ending April 1. Uh, What is this reflecting, Mark? Uh, This is shifting of of funds in in the markets. That's right. That was (laughs) uh, many, many years ago. M2 was considered a very stable indicator of, where monetary policy was headed. But since the past recession, basically sharp swings in in M2 have occurred due to swings in um, flight to safety. And if you've got money in a mutual fund, that's outside the definition of M2. And if you want to move to safety, you move into M2 type components, including cash cash funds. If you want to move into equities, then you're going out of cash, you know, possibly mutual funds, then you're out of M2. So it's very curious. Uh, We've got a bimodal attitude about the stock market currently. Uh, Stocks through last week were up significantly, having a little difficulty today. Uh, we're filming Monday afternoon. But basically, you've got significant segments, some who think it's time to get on the bandwagon. And we have a significant number of investors who are saying it's time to get off the bandwagon. That's what was behind the rise in M2. So it's, it's a bimodal investor environment. Some want in, and some are nervous and want out. Uh, taking a look at uh, the Econo Day calendar for this week, it is peppered with uh, uh, Federal Reserve speakers, one after another, day after day. Um, what is it that we should be looking for? So it's good to have internal debate on when the Fed should start unwinding or slowing quantitative easing. and. The minutes from last week indicated that the bait is heating up a little bit in terms of when to start slowing quantitative easing, not ending it. It's probably going to be 2014 before we see any notable, well, or 2014 or even 2015 before we see significant movement in rates. And when would we see the signal that rates would, for the change in rates? How far in advance of that? It is very possible we see some hint at guidance uh, later this year. The Fed appears to be very oriented toward warning markets in advance. In fact, the very it was kind of a curious thing. 
uh, one item that came out of the minutes from last week is that the Fed is starting to publicly acknowledge that there's a sizable chance that the Fed will not be contributing its usual sizable profits to the Treasury at the end of each year. Uh, most folks don't realize the Fed contributes its profits to the Treasury every year. And basically from balance sheet operations, the Fed has been basically buying high, and in the future, they're going to be selling low. So there's a high probability that the Fed will lose money on operations from quantitative easing. Well, let's turn uh, back to the calendar, move to Tuesday morning. The CPI, is there any uh, news possibility, uh, headlines uh, coming out of that report? I think the markets are going to probably like the numbers. Uh, we're seeing gasoline prices come down, so we'll have to really focus on the core. Uh, one item that stands out is that industrial production comes out this week, and That's analysts, analysts for some reason are expecting a gain, but the curiosity is we had a significant decline in production worker hours in manufacturing. So I'll be looking at the manufacturing component. There could be some rebound in utilities that could affect the headline, but if you want to look at underlying economic activity, you really need to focus on manufacturing, and it looks like it's at risk this month. Well, the industrial production report, that tracks uh, shipments, and that'll be for March. Earlier this morning, we had the Empire State Report, which is a, a broad report uh, produced by the New York Fed in their own region, and that uh, showed uh, definite slowing. And from what appears for that report to have been a quick burst of activity uh, at, at the beginning of the year. Now, the Philadelphia Fed is out on Thursday, too, and it's been up and down. Let me point this out, and if you've been watching the numbers, you already know it, but a lot of the regional surveys have been more negative than the national numbers for industrial production, at least at the manufacturing component. So I have to take empire with a grain of salt. And right now, the, the recovery is gaining momentum. Well, it's still positive. So I think manufacturing may incur some bumps, bumps in the road month to month, but overall it's still growing. Well, thanks a lot uh, for all your time. That's Mark Rogers of Econoday, and I'm Mark Pender of Econoday. <laughs>